The Gospel according to Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 13. Jesus came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Jones, and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown and among their own kin and in their own house. And Jesus could do no deeds of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then Jesus went about among the villages teaching, and he called the 12 and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey, except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. Jesus said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. And if any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of our Lord. I've heard it said somewhere that you can never go back home again. Have you ever had the experience of going back home and feeling unwelcome or having your ideas rejected? I remember after being seminary for just a year, being asked to preach in my hometown, in the church where my dad had been a pastor. And I had this very text to preach on. Well, I don't remember what I said, but it was not a great sermon. And let's just say it did not go well. And I was told about it. Well, perhaps you can think of a time in your life, maybe coming home after being away, perhaps at college or maybe after a mission trip and you're so excited about all that you've seen and done and learned and only to have your newfound passion be challenged, your ideas dismissed, and ending up feeling rejected. You know, it's perhaps an all too familiar feeling around Thanksgiving tables or any time that there's family gathering for a reunion with folks today being so polarized on so many topics from politics to what sports team you cheer for. It can be so painful, even at times heartbreaking, leaving relationships feeling broken and resulting in hurt feelings. I can only imagine that when Jesus and his disciples come back to his hometown after being away with the high of what they've just experienced, the large crowds, the miracles, 
healing a demon-possessed man, healing a woman from a chronic illness that lasted for 12 years, bringing a young girl back to life, and then coming back to Jesus' hometown, his own family, and being rejected. Having not only his message attacked, but his own person attacked. I mean, one would think after a tour of the cities he's been to and the miracles Jesus had performed, that his own hometown would give him a ticker tape parade designed for a hero. But instead, Jesus' character is attacked and he is just outright rejected by them. His family, his own community. While acknowledging that Jesus' teaching was filled with wisdom and authority, Mark says, they are astonished by it. And it quickly turns to, hey, we know you, and you're just a carpenter working with your hands. You're a common laborer. Who are you to teach us? You're just that kid who grew up down the block. You're the son of Mary. Note in Mark's gospel, there is no mention of a father, which probably left a doubt as to who Jesus' father really was. It had to sting. And Jesus is amazed at their unbelief. Going deeper into this text, Rolf Jacobson, who teaches at Luther Seminary, writes, the heartbeat of the story is the report that they took offense at him. The Greek word for they took offense is escandalizoto. This verb is related to the same root, scandalon, or scandal. As the word translated is stumbling block in Paul's famous line in 1 Corinthians. He says, the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For Jews demand signs and Greeks demand wisdom, but we proclaim Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those of us who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. At the center of the gospel is this very thing that Jesus, who is the one who can bring healing and forgiveness and restore relationships, was rejected. And yet, how did Jesus react to these accusations? He was amazed at their unbelief, but it does not deter him from his mission. No, he continues and he moves on to the next town and he sends out his disciples two by two and prepares them and prepares them to expect the same kind of treatment. What perhaps is more telling is what Jesus doesn't do. Jesus doesn't call down the wrath of God on them. He doesn't curse them. He doesn't even admonish them or defend himself. Even though his power is limited among them, he still manages to heal a few people. And then he moves on. So what are we to make of this text? Perhaps it gives us pause to think about the ways we've been dismissed and maybe have felt rejected. Perhaps because of the messages we bring or perhaps 
because of who we are. There are times when I too have felt the sting of rejection and just being written off. But I also think it's true that there are times when I have been on the other side and I've rejected others and I've dismissed what they have to say because I either didn't want to hear it or I didn't believe the messenger. I began with having us think about the times that we may have felt the sting of rejection by those who know us. And now I want us to think about the times we may have dismissed others, rejected a message that maybe was too uncomfortable or hard to hear. Perhaps because it came from someone we knew too well, a friend or even a family member. I realize that this is a challenging message to hear and especially sensitive today and in our country right now. And while we have some wonderful things that we can celebrate our, about our country, including the many freedoms that we enjoy as citizens, we have to acknowledge that not everyone experiences this in the same way or to the same degree in America. During this past year, while we experienced the effects of a worldwide pandemic together, not everyone experienced it in the same way. And what was revealed was the inequity in our country and around the world, especially among people of color. In his new book, The United States of Grace, Pastor Lenny Duncan reveals another side to America, one in which we are challenged by his own story as a queer black man. He says, my story is profoundly American. It just won't look like the America that most of you, my readers, know. Then he went on to tell a story about the groundbreaking black theologian, Dr. James Cone, who was asked by a white man after listening to his presentation why he felt the need to continue to talk about the struggle for black liberation when the 60s and 70s civil rights movement had moved the needle so far forward, almost to equity, and he accused Dr. Cohn of stirring up racial animus. Well, Dr. Cohn listened quietly. He was not quick to defend himself or the movement. He paused to ponder and then simply said, Sir, we live in two different worlds. I believe that we are challenged today to not only celebrate the freedoms many of us enjoy in this country, but that we also at the same time hear the necessary critique and the ways in which we can use our freedom to work for justice. In thinking about freedom, I was recalling that a, a few years ago, a group of us from St. Mark's went to Germany. We visited Lutherland and we uh, saw many of, of Luther's writings. And I'm reminded of seeing that very famous paper that he wrote, The Freedom of a Christian, to Pope Leo. In the treatise, Luther stated, a Christian is a perfectly free Lord of all, subject to none. And a Christian is a perfectly dutiful servant of all, subject to all. We are called as Christ followers to love and serve our neighbor, and sometimes we fall short of that call. And we say in our confession that we've not loved our neighbors as ourselves. 
and we ask for forgiveness. I am encouraged that at the center of the gospel is God's love, the scandalon of the gospel, the stumbling block, Jesus, who lived and died and rose again to set us free from sin and death. And I'm also encouraged today by St. Paul's words in our second lesson. When he was tempted to boast about his own spiritual greatness, he instead talks about his weakness and says that when he asked for healing, he heard instead these words, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. So I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. Paul's words remind us that when we do acknowledge our sin, our own weakness, rather than try to hide or cover it up, that it allows for transformation. I can then move forward. I can receive Christ's message and healing in my life. It is only through acknowledging my need for Christ's healing and forgiveness that I am healed and empowered to follow. May we hold on to that vision, that fragile hope for ourselves, for our church, for our country, for our world. Amen.